Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Show, where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in their lives, because no one does just one thing, and everyone has a story. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of many trades, and I am joined today by Rachel Kelly, who is a writer, a climber, a motorcyclist, and the founder of Make Lemonade, which is formerly a brick-and-mortar community co-working space, now a vibrant online community, which I am very happily a part of. Uh, Rachel's pronouns are she and her for the listeners, and thank you so much for being on the show, Rachel. Thanks so much, Lacey. I'm so excited to chat with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think this is going to be very fun. And uh, yeah. as as I often do, as, as people kind of know, I like to I like to color coordinate. Um, make lemonade as a as a yellow theme. So um, this is uh, I'm debuting this shirt yeah. for the show today. I wanted to get some some new threads. Um, so the icebreaker for the show that I like to start with is where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Burlington, Ontario, and now I live in Toronto, and I've lived here for over 10 years now. Oh, mm -hmm. it's about the same amount of time that I have, although I came from the other side of Toronto. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, another sub-question to that that I that I like to ask. Um, so, so you lived in, in Burlington... I'm not sure. So it's a little over half your life, I would suspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, do you, and so I'd like to kind of ask, do you, do you think that there's any lasting influence that's still kind of present in your life today from, from growing up there? Mm, yeah, I guess so. That's such an interesting question. I've never really thought about that. Um, well, I go back to Burlington a decent amount of time as it is to visit my family who still lives there. Um, and it's a nice quick trip, but a lasting influence, uh, I mean, there's a lot of convenience about living in a suburban city. Things are just maybe quote unquote easier when in, ter in terms of getting around. If you have access to a car, that's for sure. And, um, but I feel like I, I, I love the pull and I love the energy of being in the city in Toronto, but there's a desire to like get to the quietness of what suburbia can offer that you really have to search for in the city. Yeah, no, my my family still lives back in the suburbs as well. And and I feel like the city, like the thing I think I like about Toronto is that it's both a big city and like kind of there's like pockets of it that feel more yeah. like a small town. And mm -hmm. I love that. And I have preferred to live in those kind of more small towny kind of areas that are a little yeah. less busy, a little bit more green and you know, tree laden. So because um, my mom's always talking about like, oh, it's so busy and noisy in Toronto. I'm like, it depends where you live in Toronto. So <laughs> but I feel like the city has so much more to offer than kind of meets the eye. And I feel like with the pandemic, it really forced a lot of us to mm -hmm. seek out the things that we didn't really understand were available to us. Um, there's a lot more green space than I really recognized and realized uh, um, beforehand. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm going to take this moment to do a quick land acknowledgement. Uh, Toronto or Takaranto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a Dish with One Spoon Treaty territory, and we are uninvited visitors on this land. You can find out more about that at native-land.ca, which covers the whole world, not just Canada, despite the .ca uh, web address. And so that's a place that you can go to check out the, the treaties and the different uh, um, 
communities of, of Indigenous people in either the area you currently live or where you grew up, if you don't live where you grew up anymore. Um, and yeah, it's a place to, to get started and to kind of go from there. Um, yeah, so with that said, we'll get into the meat of the show now and the uh, the part where we kind of start, because this is kind of what it's all really about, like all the different hats that we wear. Um, can you take a moment to tell us a little bit about the things that you do or have done and how you got into them? <laughs> the things I do, have done, and how I got into them. Um, I guess I've always been a curious person. Um, so I've always kind of like tried a bunch of things. And uh, thankfully, I'm... I'm I don't really know where I got this from, but I think it's pretty hard for me to truly feel embarrassed. Um, I mean, I can feel a little bit shy about certain things, but for the most part, I've I've just kind of gotten myself into a bit of a scenario and been like, either it's going to be fun or it's not going to be fun. So that's how I kind of get myself into a lot of things. Um and I remember my mama said this so many times where she's like, like, for instance, right now I'm, I just got my motorcycle license recently. And my mom said to me, uh, I would have preferred that you didn't, but I'm never worried about you. I'm never, like, I'm never really worried when you do something that maybe I wouldn't want you to do. Um, and that's kind of been how I've been able to get into a lot of things is my parents have been very supportive of a lot of the the, the shenanigans I get myself up to. Um, one of the biggest things, is, one of the biggest and most proudest things for sure is opening Make Lemonade. Um, and that started um, just about four years ago or just over four years ago. Um, and I'd been freelancing for a couple of years, working from home or working from coffee shops. And I kind of had this idea for a while um, and I was just really tired of working completely alone and not necessarily for myself, but I was just like, there's just something that's missing here. And I wanted to really work towards something. Um, one thing led to another and I ended up opening Make Lemonade and, and I owe a lot of the, um, ability to be able to do that to my parents who, who really supported me in so many different ways, um, uh, to, to go ahead and, and do this thing that, when I think back on it, I'm like, I was so naive. And I do think that that is an important ingredient in a lot of shenanigans that we sometimes <laughs> get ourselves up to. Because now I think back, I'm like, that was a, I, I really kind of can't believe I, I, I did that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big step. And, and um, I mean, I was going to say, you're talking about your mom reminds me of mine because she kind of said not the same exact thing, but there was one time when I was actually in a relationship. This was a long time ago and it wasn't going very well and she could see it, but she like, didn't just like, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to step out of line and like, you know, make you mad at me or anything. So I was like, I, I saw hard it is. I just have to watch you like learn the lesson and then, and then you'll know, because if I just yeah. tell you, you're not going to believe me. So, yeah. and you know, same thing with, with like all my creative ideas. Like she always just wanted me to, to kind of do what made me happy. And, you know, just, she's like, yeah, you're gonna have to figure out the money part, but if it makes you happy, then, then go for it. So I wish that we could all have parents like that. <laughs> I, know. I know. I know that not, not all of us do. And it's, um, it's, it's such a fortunate thing to be able to have that support system who's so close to you. Um, and sometimes we really have to seek out the people who are going to support our, our wild dreams too. Mm -hmm. 
And so I, I'll just take a quick second to um, to ask about a couple of the other things. Um, so you you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. <laughs> when and how did that happen? Yeah. So um, when I was finished school, I actually did a backpacking trip around South America. Um, and I did this trek in Peru to um, the Inca Trail and then you, to see, um, oh my gosh, am I blanking on where I actually saw uh oh my goodness this is so embarrassing it's being recorded it's the Machu Picchu that's where we ended up going it's to Machu Picchu it's this big um these ruins and it's it's uh it's unfortunately it's it's quite a tourist attraction and uh something I didn't really know at the the time um but I remember on that that trip um I met a bunch of other travelers from all over the world and this girl who's about the same age as me it was about 22 at the time and um she told me she had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and I thought that climbing mountains like that were for like truly professional people, not just some like random girl. She was from England. And I was like, you're just like me. How, like, really? You you did that? And there was just like a spark that went off in me and was like, well, I want to do that. If, if she can do it, I can do it. Um, and so I kind of made this internal goal for myself. I was going to do it by the time I turned 25. And so I summited uh, Mount Kilimanjaro uh, two days before I turned 25. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I wanted to also just ask briefly about the the writing because like I know you're writing mainly from uh, your your lemonade newsletters. Yeah. Um do you do other writing besides that as well? Yeah, I keep dabbling and and uh, and trying, that's for sure. I went through a course with one of our amazing uh lemons or members in the community Julia Rose which really um that really like ignited a lot more in me than I realized um, I kind of had. I, I knew I've kind of had like a book or something brewing um, inside me, but that was kind of like the first quote unquote permission I gave myself. And then um, later on in this year, I took a, a novel writing course actually. So um, there's something that's brewing and I kind of dabble a little bit, but a lot of my writing is um, during, yeah, like I write a weekly newsletter for Make Lemonade community. Um, and I really kind of commit to myself like, okay, at least once a week, I'm going to write from the heart of what, what's going on in my world. That, yeah, no, I think journaling is definitely, mm -hmm. it's been talked about on this show before. Uh, journaling is a, can be a very valuable exercise for a lot of reasons. And mm -hmm. um, I recently started writing uh, more flash poetry again, like not every day, but I'm trying to do it more. And it's, uh, it's definitely been fun and kind of helps even get some ideas out that I um, just from kind of reflecting and it gives me an idea. And then I, I write something I'm like, oh, I really like this. And so Sometimes you surprise yourself. You just start writing and yeah. you might surprise yourself. It's so true. I wrote a first chapter for this this novel and what came out was not what I was expecting whatsoever. It's that that really is the the you know, you just have to start and you never know what's going to what's going to come out on the other side. Yeah, if you ever do write a book, I'll definitely be interested to yeah. uh, to read that. And I can say from my experience, having written one short fiction novel, it's it's a big task. But when you yeah. do it, it's like, wow, I wrote a novel. Yeah. <laughs> so I I think anyone that can can do that, like kudos to you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess 
I like to ask about misconceptions because the show is, is trying to be educational as one of its its goals. And so I guess uh, we'll focus on the thing that you're the most involved with, um, sort of, I guess, managing a community. Like you can talk about both the misconceptions, maybe about like starting and running a physical mm-hmm. co-working space, but also like building and managing an online community. What do you think yeah. people have misconceptions about those? It's hmm, a great question. Um I think that one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's like, oh, everything must be so shiny and so easy. And, you know, it looks like, like, you know what? I think it's really thrown around a lot in the entrepreneurship world is, oh my gosh, you're crushing it. You're doing such a great job. Um, and in a lot of respects, a lot of us are. But the other side of the coin or the other very real reality is going, you know, I don't feel like I'm crushing it because I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to pay for dinner next week. Or, you know, I my credit card is really racking up. And um, sometimes there's only so much self-motivation we can give ourselves before we're like, OK, what next? How how else am I going to uh truly support myself. And um, I'm very much and I talk about this a lot in the in the community about the the anti hustle. And you know, it's not all about just like, try, try, try. Um, You know, there's there's other there's other other avenues. And at the end of the day, we have to take care of ourselves. But I think one of the like, biggest misconceptions or biggest maybe flaws of what happens on social media is like it really does only show one side of things. It really only shows that highlight reel. And I also feel like sometimes we almost like limit ourselves on how much we're allowed to open up and be real about what's actually what's actually going on um, before we're like, okay, I need to kind of go back to the program and bring bring everything back uh, and make sure everybody's happy. So I would say there's that. Um, And then also like uh, I'm, I'm the, the leader of the community and I definitely can be quite hard on myself about, you know, what my role and my position is. And I always tell myself all the time, well, like you, like you made your bed, like you got to sleep in it sort of thing. Um, uh, but maybe just maybe not necessarily the misconception, but maybe misunderstanding or something is like, it's not, it's not an easy role either. And even community leaders need community support too. And it may not even necessarily be from their own community either. Um, yeah. That's something I've been thinking about. Thank you for that answer. Um, (laughs) it's something I've been thinking about because like I, I've had the, I guess the very like faint, hints of like people have come come forward and like not just guests on the show but some people have come out and you know sent unsolicited feedback uh, about the show and and like I know I've kind of hit on an idea here that resonates with people and the way that I'm doing it resonates with people and I've been a part in the past of communities around the same kind of idea just under a different name but they were um like one that comes to mind and I know it still exists is um I think it's called the the putty tribe and it's okay. like the and it's like based on the idea of like putty is moldable and like your mm-hmm. idea each person is like kind of a piece of putty and you can mold yourself to be whatever you want to be um and i was part of that uh, group years ago and again the, the founder of that group had like a book and has a ted talk as well about that idea of being a multi-potentialite and just not being able to just do one thing like you mm-hmm. need to have some and so again that was focused on it being a community whereas this is like a show that 
can kind of have the community underneath it or, or within it. And I've been like, I'd love to to create something more formal. And I just like kind of like you said right now, like I need a ton of help. I'm barely doing what I'm doing and uh, definitely having to push myself, but I'm like really happy and proud of it and I don't want to stop. So for me to kind of get more to, if I was going to take that step, um, like I would need, uh, you know, people to kind of step up and be like, Hey, I want to help because, um, you know, and cause I you know sometimes when you get those people in your community that just are willing to step forward and, and be helpers that, makes a huge difference so um that's that's not me trying to say like hey people watching come help me it's just i'm just kind of putting it out there no it's Um, so true and i think that's a really hard thing to admit when we're like okay i'm the person who decided to do this i'm moving forward with it um but being able to reckon with the idea that you can't do it all on your own is 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 a really difficult thing to say out loud yeah, and like I have a Discord uh, channel, which was kind of mainly for my uh, Twitch stuff. But even just managing that with everything else has been has been challenging. So um, yeah, I think I'm still kind of learning how to prioritize things and how to like pick my level of involvement and mm-hmm. and be okay with saying like you know what I just can't stream this week because it just ain't gonna yeah. fit. <laughs> yeah, it is so true. Yeah. Um, so the next question I'll get into here, uh, this is one of my favorite ones to ask. When you were a child, do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up? Mm-hmm. So I'm about 5'4", um, which is like, that's not super tall. But once upon a time, I was the tallest person in my grade. And so for a period of time, I wanted to be a model because I was like, models apparently are really tall. I think I could do that. And then things evolved. I did a lot of tap dancing when I was growing up. So that makes it the fact that my dad, my my parents own their own company. My dad was, his title was the president. And I was like, I want to be like my dad. So I want to be a tap dancing president. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I want to be a president of, but I know I'll have my tap dancing shoes on and you'll call me president. (laughs) I feel like that that is so close to like been giving this example in the past of like I wonder if there's any like surgeons out there that play ping pong and like that just yeah. makes me think of that because it's it's a very interesting combination. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> like really like there is quite the quite the contrast with some of these these interests and skills. That is lovely. I, I love that. <laughs> Oh, and I mean, just the imagination there. And like, there was clearly like no, no limits to just like, yeah, yeah, why can't I be a tap dancing president? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I remember taking like those quizzes and in high school to like, you know, this is going to be like the best career path for you. And I really can't ever remember any of the, the answers or anything like that. I just so clearly remember the model and the tap dancing president were my two main things. Well, as we found out at one of the last days at the uh, the Lemon Space, uh, you you could pull off being a model still, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's so right. But, you were wearing that dress and you posed and it just, it was yeah, perfect. <laughs> you know what I think really when it all comes down to it, I really just knew no matter what, I was like, I want to work for myself. Um, my parents were, were 
modeled such a fantastic life for me and my brother. And I was like, I want, I want to kind of be able to create the kind of life that my parents have created for us. And I want to be able to do that for myself and potentially my children too someday. So the next question that I usually ask on this show, and this, I guess will be a little different because I kind of, as you said, you started this, this company, this business about four years ago and um, clearly you're, you're on a path that like, I usually ask like, if you're on a path that you like and you want to stick on it, like when did you first get on it? You've kind of already answered that. But the reason that I asked that question is cause I, like I said, the idea that, you know, this, I think it's a holdover from previous generations that by age of 30, you know, we're supposed to have, you know, the spouse and the kids and the house and, yeah. and the career and all that stuff. And I think increasingly for like kind of our generation and those coming up behind us that's not going to be the case and so I'm just trying to really give like each each person's perspective on like that's why I started asking like, at what age were you at when you kind of got on the path because then it can say like you could be 60 you could be 20 you could be anywhere in between yeah. um so I don't I'm not quite sure how to approach this question with you I guess maybe what are what are your thoughts on that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I love seeing, you know, you, we see these go around on Facebook or Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever. And yeah, like at, at this age, Morgan Freeman only started acting. You're like, okay, cool. I've got I've got time to be able to do that. Um, and I guess like in terms of like societal pressures and whatnot, I mean, I think the hardest thing about being I'm, I'll be 31. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing about being a, um, a person, maybe uh living in the city or living in the world is, is that is no matter what, and is like how original you think you are thinking, you're never 100% sure if that is like a pure thought or if it is a product of what society has bred you to think and believe and to know is true. Um, and I really felt like a couple years ago, I kind of had this like battle internally with myself and was like, do I want this because this is what society wants or because this is what I want for myself? Um, and at the end of the day, I guess I just try to remind myself, it kind of doesn't really matter. I'm here right now. Like, let's just focus on enjoying where I'm at right now, because I'm really just even grateful that I have today. So let's just try to enjoy this moment. Um, I love having goals. I mean, that's that's a huge component of, of what I do at Make Lemonade. Um, but I also recognize like life is very precious and, and life and things that happen so quickly in front of us. And I really just never want to be completely disappointed. And, you know, my life will never be fulfilled if I don't get to do this thing. There are so many things on my bucket list that I would love to do and experience. Um, but I don't ever want to be like, oh, like I really, I really missed out because I didn't do this. I want to just focus on trying to live a, a full life in the, the moment that I'm at and um, uh, stick it to the man whenever I can. <laughs> so I guess uh, a good maybe because there's kind of like a lot of these questions have like sub parts to them. Um, so another question I've started asking as like a, a tack on to this one is like, what is something that you wish that you had known when you were like, you just kind of finished school as you were just getting out into the world? Like, what's something you wish you knew at that point? Um, I wish I knew that I never needed to worry so much about all of the essays. Uh, <laughs> they were so stressful and they gave me so much anxiety. And I really, like, I don't think I've ever sweat so much except for the times when 
the night before and essay 1 million out of however many more I'm going to have to write. It's like, if only I knew that the grades didn't really matter. And I like, I don't think that that's a blanket term because obviously we want the the surgeons and the lawyers and, you know, perhaps we want them to be doing pretty good. But um, at the end of the day, like, it's like, if only, if only I just knew that it would be okay. Like trying my best is all that really, that really matters. Yeah. No, this is what I've just started asking or recently and it's getting some interesting variety of mm-hmm. answers, but yeah, I think, uh, I know this show has, has primarily had people kind of in the like 20 to 40 range and I'm still working on getting a bit more variety in the ages, but, um, yeah, like, cause I just know a lot of my friends in, in, you know, their thirties between kind of age 30 and 40, a lot of us, you know, did have to kind of go back to school or have, you know, are on like third or fourth career or whatever. And, and I just kind of want to communicate that to people who are younger or even people who are older, like, you know, you're not a failure. You've not done anything wrong if you're not set yet. And I'm almost 40 and I'm, I just feel like I've, and like, I'm, yes, this project exists, but I still have to work a day job right now. So I'm Mm -hmm. not where I want to be yet, but I'm on the right track. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. And it's, um, time is such a precious thing. So if we're just always focused on when I get there, then I'll be successful. And I think like success is such a moving target and we can, we can redefine it all we want, but it almost really doesn't matter as long as we're okay with where we're at in the present moment. Yeah, there was, there's a quote that I, I heard and it's come up on the show before. It was like, um, like happiness is, is success, not the other way around. Yeah. And, and I also know there's another one that I like that, that being content is not the same thing as being happy. And I think a lot of people yeah. are content and things are like, okay, yeah. but, and it's, it's hard and it's scary to really go. And like, not everyone, I, I, I always feel like I need to like make note that, you know, privileges come into play. Not everybody is yeah. in a position to actually fully chase their, their dreams. But sure. um, I do think that you, as long as you are trying to seek happiness, then you're doing something right. <laughs> so true. I have a, this is actually stuck on my mirror um, in my bathroom and it says find joy daily. Like that's, that's my goal every year is just to find some small spark of joy every single day. That's it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, actually, that's a great segue into the next mm-hmm. question. Um, so I, another idea that I'm trying to push back uh, on against with this show is this idea that once we, you know, grow up and we're adults that we're supposed to behave in a certain way and that you're only allowed to be silly if you're like a comedian or if you like work with kids and you're entertaining them. But I think that I, I haven't lost connection with my inner child, certainly. And I, I like to, so I like to ask my guests, what was the last playful or silly thing that you did for yourself that wasn't like to entertain kids or anything? Hmm. What is the last silly thing I did for myself? Um, I do take frequent dance breaks at home and we'll just like blast the music and, or just like sing kind of still, still Um, there was that. And then this is like purely entertainment for me. And I guess this is actually quote, like quote unquote, a bucket list item. This is coming up and I'm doing something silly and I'm going to a cranberry farm and we get to like wade in the cranberries and I'm very excited for this. And I feel like it's a pretty silly random thing to do. 
I mean, I my first thought was just like, that sounds like it's going to be very sticky and messy, but I mean, it sounds like fun like, too. So, hit, hit <laughs> okay, <hands>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I was just imagining people in like bathing suits, like stomping yeah. around. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for for that answer. Um, mm-hmm. And on a related note, as we kind of you talked about uh, taking care of yourself as well, and and you know anti-hustle culture, and so this is something I think is becoming much more prevalent with with kind of our generation. Uh, the idea of like self-care, and it doesn't have to be expensive or extensive; it can be yeah. small things. And so I like to ask, what was the last act of self-care that you did for yourself, no matter mm-hmm. how small it was? Yeah, last act of self-care. Um, you know what, for me, self-care is really like, I, I, as, as extroverted as I can be, I'm also very introverted as well. And, um, an active self-care was canceling on some friends. It was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I actually just need some time for myself. And I didn't even need to explain. That's why I was just like, I'm sorry, I can't, can't come after all. Um, that, that in itself is an active self-care of, of not explaining things and just saying this is just what I need yeah I've actually I bought a ticket for an event tonight that I'm kind of wondering if I'm gonna still want to make myself go to I mean I want to go but my energy is is lower than I thought it was gonna be so I'm gonna I'm gonna rest after this for a bit and see how I'm feeling but um yeah that's that's like I'm the same kind of way like it's interesting with the whole introvert extrovert thing. It's like, I don't know, you probably know about ambiversion, right? Like you can be kind of both. And yeah. um, the pandemic really, like I was a lifetime introvert and I just learned how to be better at talking. And then I like, I love connecting with people. And then the pandemic kind of took a lot of that away. And then yeah. this has been a great way for me to still be able to do it, but I don't get to do this whenever I want. So yeah. Uh, and then more recently, since I like moved and things have kind of gotten a little less chaotic again, and I, I have kind of, uh, inverted, introverted again a bit more, but, um, yeah, it's like, I, I'm excited to connect with people and to, um, to have those interactions, but, um, yeah, it's tricky. And when you're trying to run a business that involves like talking to people, it's, it it can be tricky. (laughs) It really can be, which is why I know I need to, I need to prioritize that time and just take that time to recharge. I'm very good at spending time with myself. I, I love it. But um, sometimes I really have to like actively carve out that time for myself too. Um, so the next question here, um, I like since again, we're trying to be educational here. And, and I like to hear what people are kind of learning about and interested in. Um, what was the last new thing that you learned, whether it was a skill or a piece of information? And what is something you would still like to learn? <sighs> um, I mean, I'm like one of the biggest things really this, this year for me was I learned how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> it's been a goal of mine for many years, my dad rides. And um, last summer I was just like, why am I riding on the back with him? I want to be in the front. And um, yeah, that was like, I, I'm, I'm so proud that I, I actually did the thing I said I wanted to do. And it's like, it is, it is not an easy skill to, to master either. I actually want to learn how to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> I, I've heard it's uh, it's a bit dangerous, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm saying this as someone who rides pretty uh, pretty um, enthusiastically on a bicycle in downtown Toronto, which a lot of people won't dare to do. And I'm yeah. like, 
it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I think actually riding a bicycle downtown Toronto actually really helped prepare me um, for riding the motorcycle in the city too. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's somebody that I know who's uh, also an entrepreneur and who is part of like a, I guess, like a women motorcycling group. And I'm curious if you know her. So maybe I'll uh, I'll yeah. check with you off air. Actually a past guest of this show. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, where am I here? <laughs> um, so a newer, newer question I've added to the show recently. Um, I like to ask, what is something that is not taught in, um, I guess more specifically high school, but I guess it could also be like uh, in, in college or university. Well, what's something that not is not taught in school that you think really should be? Mm, um, sex education, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that depends on the school. <laughs> the school that's for sure but I remember so clearly learning in high school that if you had sex with more than one person you would get an STD guaranteed and I just was so confused I just I just remember yeah just being so so confused about sex ed in general or even just how my body works and it was just like I feel like they really just picked and choose picked and chose what what to teach um, and I also went to a Catholic high school and elementary school too so um, things were even more narrow with what we with what we learned too it's actually really interesting because I went to a Catholic grade school and we actually did have a sex ed class mm -hmm. which I think is is a really rare thing yeah and the teacher was quite progressive in that regard that's fantastic um, but yeah, like, I don't really remember much from that class, but like, I just remember that we did have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And, and that's, uh, that is an eternal struggle in, uh, the educational activism world. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I think there's some things that maybe can't necessarily be left, left up to parents to, to rely on teaching their kids. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, if it's a if if you're going to talk about if sex ed is going to be on the curriculum, then do it the justice that it deserves, and and you know do it do it in a a, a fair a fair way to explain the whole the whole spectrum of it instead of just select information. Yeah, and I know one of the like the pushbacks on it, like I think some parents have been like, okay, yeah, like you can teach about like heterosexual sex, but like leave out the like queer and trans and all that stuff. Yeah. And like, but with more and more kids um, identifying yeah. as gender diverse these days, like that stuff is, and being much more accepting of it, that exactly. stuff is like, you know, we don't want to, a lot of kids seem to be kind of learning on their own, uh, which is, I guess, a little bit less dangerous than learning about sex through pornography. We're talking yeah. about learning about, like, gender stuff, but, like, yeah. yeah well, it just helps to eliminate the stigma right from the beginning. It, like, like there, there really shouldn't be any stigma, and that, and that's, it's all, it all starts at such a, such a young age when, when you were being excluded from, from information. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Is, is there anything else that you wish that you had learned in school, but you didn't? <laughs> what else do I wish I learned in school? I mean, I have such a hard time with this, Lacey, because I am a, uh, I am an optimist by nature. Um, and so it's really hard for me sometimes to be like, oh, this was the worst experience ever because I can always figure out something I did learn or figure out what's the, what's the bright side of all of this. Um, 
there was something else I learned in high school or in elementary school. Um, I don't really know. I mean, maybe just like some more of like the practical stuff. Like I wish there was some more, like we didn't really, like we had a, a cooking class in high school and it was an elective, but I wish like some more of like those general, like home ec, like basic stuff, like teach me how to plunge a toilet, you know, <laughs> teach me those basic life skills instead of, you know, having to look it up on YouTube or call my dad, like not everybody has access to the internet or has a dad to call to, you know, walk you through that process. Um, you know, like, let, give us some of those life skills. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I, I will not get sidetracked. <laughs> but I, I agree, like, it almost feels like there, there needs to be like a, um, what do you call it? There's, there's like a word for like a, like a hodgepodge class. I don't know if you know that word. Of um, I know just all like, of the weird words, the dipsy doodles and the meandering, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like there should be like a class where like they have somebody come in who just like has a bunch of like disparate skills and be like, yeah. we're going to learn this random thing today. And like, just yeah. like, I mean stuff that, cause again, like I'm a person who, uh, I've had to spend a lot of time finding those like do-it-yourself kind of solutions to things. Like they're often not elegant, but they work. And yeah. I think that there's like, you know, you can be creative with that, but you know, if you kind of know, like, yeah, if I had to like do a repair in my bathroom, I would be, I would be hopeless. Yeah. Um, like I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty, but if I don't know what I'm actually doing, then I could either hurt myself or damage something or mm-hmm. um, so that's, yeah, we, we need to have a bit more, I guess, formal mechanical education. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. What to do, like how to get a, how to get a stain out of your white sneakers. Teach me that. Teach me, you know, what to do, like what's the hack for pasta water boiling over, like help, you know, there's no directions (laughs) on this frozen pie. What do I do? I feel like, you know what, here's a book idea. You make a list of all those things and then you start researching them and then you write a book and there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Bestseller. SOL, what to do if you never knew what to do. That's a great title. Yeah. Did you just think of that? Yeah. <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, okay, to so get a uh, sim- similar topic, but, but different. Um, the next question here. Um, this has been provoking some interesting discussions, uh, no <laughs> pressure. Um, what do you think is the best aspect of modern technology and the worst aspect of modern technology? Oh, it's the same. It's the connectivity. It is the, um, it, that is, it's the best and the worst part because it is so wonderful to be able to stay connected with your friends from all over the world and connect with relatives and and um, I mean, the beauty about uh, technology and how it's advanced is it's, it's connected long lost relatives and friends who otherwise would never have been able to. Remember, there was this story about this kid. Um, it was a true story. And a movie was made um, called Lion. And he was uh, born in he was born in India. And then he was uh, adopted by a family in Australia. And then through Google Maps, he found his birth mother in India. So is very like a fantastic example, but because we are constantly connected, I find we get information so quickly. We don't even have time to form our own opinion. 
the opinions are already out there and we haven't even digested the information fully ourselves before you need to decide which, so what are you, or, you know, which side are you on sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's fantastic how quick it is to connect with everybody, but I think it really, um, it eliminates a lot of original thought too. Hmm. Well, that's, I mean, that, that is a point that, or not that exact point, but a similar point that I think I brought up on a previous episode that the technology is evolving far too quick. And this is not my like unique insight. Like I've kind of heard this and I agree that technology is just evolving far too rapidly for humans to actually be able to adapt to it and make good decisions based on it. Mm-hmm. And then there's also a phenomenon. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's called the progress trap. Mm-hmm. So the progress trap is this idea that when there's a problem, if you invent a new technology to solve that problem, that new technology could have unforeseen consequences that then you need to, you know, you think you need, okay, now I need to make a technology to fix the problem that that last technology created. And it's just this sort of endless cycle, you're progressing, but you're always making new problems. And so it's this question of like, okay, maybe we try to find a non-technological solution, like maybe use like addition by subtraction. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes like, do we really need a solution for everything? Like, maybe some things are really okay for it to be manual. Um, That being said, I mean, with technology, there's so many great advancements that have really made the unaccessible world a lot more accessible as well. But some may quote unquote, some problems really just don't need to be solved. And I think that's a, that's, that's quite the blanket term as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that combination of just technology does, evolve so quickly and there's like new apps that blow up overnight all the time and just we don't yeah we can't process it effectively we're already overwhelmed um actually that this is a new question i'm literally adding on the spot here um when facebook went down the other day were you more stressed or relieved oh actually so this has happened to me twice now in the world where there's a huge blackout and i'm like oh what happened so we had that great blackout like 20 years ago. I was mm-hmm. on a camping trip, so I had no idea. And then um, I actually, just for the month of October, I've decided to just kind of take a step back from Instagram and Facebook and just uh, focus on some other things and work. So um, when I was hearing all about it, I was like, oh, well, well, like no big deal for me. Um, obviously, you know, paying attention to what, what's kind of going on, but um, as a general rule, I try to only use the apps so much during the day anyways. So I kind of thought it was like, it was a good, it was a good reminder, but that being said, I mean, a lot of it, like a lot of businesses rely so heavily on this and I know what a, what a huge problem that can be. Um, see, I'm like, I'm such a good, I can go flip, I can flip back and forth of like arguing both sides too. But for me, in my personal world during that day, I was okay. <laughs> yeah. And I know quite a few of the, of our fellow lemons were, were not so thrilled about it, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I under, like, that's the other sort of flip side is like, I can see the value in like having all these things, like, you know, being able to cross post so easily, but then when it goes down, you're just, you've got nothing, all your, your platform is gone. And um, yeah, it's, I, I was not particularly stressed myself, but I think that's just an interesting thing. I'm going to start asking people because it'll give me a sense of, Mm-hmm. Not not how addicted they are, but like how integrated they are, I guess. Yeah. 
And like, I think it's a good thing if they say like, ah, oh, you know, I managed. It's like, okay, great. But like, oh my God, my, my world ended. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So we kind of answered this one earlier with the whole tap dancing president thing, but um, <laughs> maybe something a little bit more current. Uh, I do like to ask about the idea of like your most dissimilar hats, like the two things that you either do or you're interested in that maybe it's just people other than you would look very strange and non-related but like yeah. they both work for you yeah that's a that's interesting I mean I feel like uh a real shocker for people when they learn my favorite movie is Kill Bill they're like oh what like <laughs> it's a really good movie but that's pretty gruesome isn't it um but um I'm trying to think of like my two most dissimilar hats huh I just really dabble in so many different things, but I would say like my top hat is really is, is make lemonade. Um, uh, it's, I feel like that's a really hard, that's a really hard question to answer. Cause I just, I've just got a lot of genuine interests and I really try not to, I guess, kind of limit myself to the one thing. And I mean, as a, as a person living in this society, I have a hard time of always trying to like, summarize myself down into like one simple thing what is it that I'm doing you know always trying to to summarize it when really like we're we're allowed to just have multiple interests and they really don't have to intersect like if it makes you happy and it you know brings you some joy then that's all that matters like if you love doing chainsaw art go for it and then you know you're a nurse during the day cool (laughs) That that's another good idea. <laughs> like the whole surgeon doing ping pong and a nurse yeah. doing chainsaw art. Like yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, let's make a call out. <laughs> Some, someone needs to write some fan fiction, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So we're gonna get into the kind of the tail end of the show now and a few more serious questions. Um, depending on I mean, they don't have to be that serious, but um they're a little bit more, I guess, deep and and thought thought provoke well these are all thought provoking really mm-hmm. uh, but anyways um so this next question is about relationships because they obviously matter for a lot of reasons in our lives and um i've uh i guess encapsulated this into the, this idea of a heavy hat and a hype hat and mm-hmm. so hype hats are pretty pretty self-explanatory by name like people that hype you up and encourage you and um like really just help you be your best self and and uh and the heavy hats are the opposite. They're people that kind of slow you down and discourage you and just make things more difficult. And sort of this question is asked for a variety of reasons. You don't have to name any names, but if you can think of an example of one hype hat in your life and someone who either was or yeah, I guess maybe was more likely a heavy hat that uh, and sort of what made yeah. each of them that. Yeah. Um, I can definitely think of a heavy hat for sure. Um, and I just really remember in this, this, uh, particular relationship, this heavy hat really was quite heavy in the sense that I felt like anytime I was in that space with that person, my life was like this, mm. just a straight line. And anytime I wasn't spending time with that person, my life was going up and I was growing. And it took me a long time to really realize that that's what was going on was that I just felt, 
I felt very almost claustrophobic. Like there just wasn't something I just, I wasn't growing and I wasn't that I, I felt a bit like sucked. Like I, I know as a person, I bring a lot of energy as it is. Um, and I'm really good at kind of filling spaces and, um, kind of making people comfortable. Um, and I felt like in that time, all of my energy, everything was always being used and I wasn't ever really receiving anything in that, that heavy hat situation. Um, and then in terms of a high pat, um, I've got a lot of high pats in, in my life for sure. Um, and I think that's like, it's the complete opposite, right? Like these are the the kind of people who my life goes like this. Like I find that I'm always like, expanding and growing. Um, or it's, or maybe it's more like a circle that's either getting smaller or getting bigger. And I feel like when I spend time with those people, the high pads, it's like, I feel uh, it is so easy for any of us to doubt ourselves and be like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this or, you know, questioning ourselves. When I spend time with high pads, my, my future and my possibilities, my potential, it feels exponential. Like anything is possible. And when I spend time with heavy hats, I'm, I'm, uh, in a constant self-doubt cycle, being like, I don't really know how I feel about anything. And even then I find I'm a little bit more judgmental at the end of it too. And being very judgmental in my head towards the heavy hat kind of person. So more high hats. <laughs> you just made me think of something there actually. Um, thank you for that answer. I should also <laughs> say, um, no, that was really good. Like, I think that's uh, like, I, I appreciate analogies or, you know, yeah. visual reference points. Like, yeah, if you feel like your life is just, you know, stagnant and just like not going anywhere versus actively feeling like you're, you know, going yeah. in a good direction, that's a good sign. Um, but it reminds me of this quote that I've heard and I've heard various different, like, I think people simplify it to like broken people break people. But yeah. what that really means is like people who, you know, have trauma or who have like pain or insecurity um, that they aren't able to manage are likely to kind of inflict that or rub off on, on the people around them. So like, if you spend a lot of time around negative people, you're going to be more negative probably. Yeah. Um, and of course the inverse is so if you're someone who's actively trying to heal or wants, you know, kind of the best of people, then you're likely going to gravitate to those people and people who yeah. want to heal are going to gravitate to you. And so, yeah, the next question is about mental health. Um, Cause that's another important thing that also factors into these uh, relationships. And so again, you don't have to get any more specific than you want to, but I like to ask, um, what if any mental health or even physical health struggles have you had in your life and what has worked for you to work through them? Mm -hmm. um, so I remember when I started Make Lemonade, uh, I was about, yeah, three months into opening the door. So I'd already spent like a full year of getting things sorted, going through construction, finding a space, all of that. And then I'd been open for about three months and in the span of one week, my grandfather passed away, a friend of mine passed away, and I decided to end a relationship I was in. And uh, and I, you know, I was I was I was three months into my new business, and I actually had to put a call out on Facebook, like who can run my business for the day um, for free, because <laughs> I had to go to a funeral too. And I remember just being 
like if this is what like this this has got to be rock bottom like this is this is just so difficult and I um I reached out to a friend who who was a therapist as well or is a therapist and um, I started working with her and it really it just like it changed it changed so much for me um and I'm so lucky because it was accessible to me at the time and I know that that's not the case for everybody but um I just, that, that truly was such a a really dark time. And especially, you know, talk about dark hat, heavy hat sort of thing of, I, I really felt like on the outside, I was so smiley. Welcome to my beautiful space. I'm this sunshiny person. And on the inside, I was like, I hate everything that is happening. Like I'm, I'm so unhappy and and everything. And all I have to do is just keep on going And, and having therapy at that time, really, really helped me, um, helped me through, through a dark time and has really given me so many tools to move forward, um, throughout a lot of other dark, dark clouds that I, that I go through. Um, I know I present as a, as a sunshiny person, but just like everybody else, I've got, I've got those heavy clouds as well. Um, and I mean, I don't think, I don't think like the journey to like mental, mental uh, bliss is ever really like there's never ever one just destination like it's this is truly like an ongoing journey and I think that is something really difficult about the the society that we live in like we're very we're very um prescribed to the thought process that it's like okay like you start the thing you finish the thing like I really, when I went in, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do therapy for a couple months and then everything will be fine. Right. It's, it's not, it's not like that. Like there, there are reasons why people are in therapy for, for their entire life. And I, you know, even, even a simple thing is I'm, I'm part of a gym, a gym program and, you know, you kind of think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to join for a couple of months and then I'm going to be done and then I'm going to be strong and that's it. But no, like these are things that become part of your life and they're integral and they, they help with your, your mental health and your overall happiness. And it's um, like the journey to, to, to the journey to living in this world is, is always going to be um, trying to work in harmony with what's going to make you a, a, a healthier person. And, and mental health is just such a huge a huge part of that. I feel like I rambled a little bit there, but <laughs> no more than I already have. <laughs> uh, no, I think we both just we have lots of great things to say, and that's that's great. I mean, I can always I can always edit things where we're needed in, in post. Um, so um, yeah, we're getting down towards the end here. The next question um, focuses on failures, and it's it's kind of hinged on this idea that failure doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know, as long as you sort of learn from things that happen. But uh, even so, I still want to ask for an example of kind of I guess a bigger failure or some, uh, a time when something the big or, or important didn't go the way that you'd hoped or, um, or maybe you did actually like fail at something, you know, screwed it up or whatever. And, um, what did you learn from that? And like, what was kind of the lesson that you took from it? Yeah. Um, I, I can think of one right now and it's, it's so funny cause it feels like, Oh, it's not a big deal or whatever, but when it's in your own world, it, it it's, it's really heavy. Um, so I do a workshop every couple of months, um, for, for everybody it's open to the, to the general public. And I had about 400 people signed up to this workshop and I made sure to send every single person who signed up, 
of a video of myself welcoming them, getting so excited so that they would show up live. And the day comes, the event is happening. I do all of the Zoom technology things because the typical Zoom call can only welcome 100 people. And I knew we would definitely be seeing more than 100 people on this call. So I need to do this add-on. The call happens, the workshop starts to happen, and I see the number of attendees stuck at 100, and it doesn't go above 100. And we're getting DMs and emails and messages and all this stuff. And all I can do is I'm I'm the presenter, right? I have already got 100 people live happening here. And I remember in this moment thinking to myself, like, number one, being so, so judgmental and, and so, so mean to myself. My inner mean girl was really like, well, you've really screwed this up. But then also being like, okay, well here we are this, like, we have to make some decisions right now. We have a hundred people who are live. I have one team member who is going to handle, you know, what's going on. Like we obviously didn't communicate this during this time, but it's like, okay, well, what are kind of the logical things and the show just must go on. Um, and I remember that night. Okay. So then at the end of the the workshop, I said, well, you know, for anybody who's got friends who are trying to get in or anything like that, we're going to do another workshop the next, like in another night. And, and, you know, just carry on and we've got the solutions. Um, but I remember, of course, that night I cried. I was so mad and it was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, why why did this happen? So it felt like such a failure. But at the end of the day, it gave me an opportunity to think quickly on my feet, communicate with everybody. And then I had an opportunity to be like, look how look how exciting this was. We couldn't even let everybody in. And it gave me an opportunity to then do the workshop again and learn what I did from the first time and, and make the experience even better. Um, but it really did feel like a major flop at the time. It really, really did. There's nothing worse than being on a live broadcast mm-hmm. when something like I've not that exact same situation, but I've had things when I'm on Twitch streams or sometimes even like recording this where you know, there's tech issues is like, well, it's it's my problem because I'm the person managing this. Um, like I had one particularly notable guest on and we couldn't get the uh, the audio to work right. And I was like freaking out like, oh my God, I'm going to lose this really like amazing guest that I, I, I really wanted the show. And thankfully got it figured out. We lost like 20 minutes of recording time, mm-hmm. but uh, not lost it. We, did, we weren't able to record for 20 minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but it ended up working out and I was at the end of it, it was just like, oh my God, thank you. That actually... Yeah still you know still worked out okay but in the moment I was like oh. <laughs> yeah yeah you're just like I always think like when I've got these hard failure moments I just say to myself like what steps did I take to add to to end up exactly in this moment right now like why why me what did I do wrong yeah and I think like I'm fortunate now because I have like I used to only have my computer and now I have like a good laptop and so if I'm having issues on my computer and it's like, okay, I think this is something with the computer. It's not the platform. It's the computer. I can just whip out the laptop and just, okay, it's not going to be, it's not going to look exactly the same, but it'll, it'll do. Yeah. So yeah. Um, having, having a plan B is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, so the last question here, um, before we kind of get into the, like the plugs and all that stuff. Um, so we've given lots of advice in different forms throughout the answers, but I'd like to try and condense it down into something a bit more bite-sized and, and uh, accessible. So I'd like to ask, what advice would you give to uh, like kind of youth or teenagers? What advice would you give to somebody your age? And what advice would you give to someone who's your parents or grandparents' age? Ooh, I love that. To youth or teenagers, um, embrace your weird, quirky things. Like that is really like your your magical bit. Um, to somebody my age, um, it's so hard because I think like it, it really is so hard to think about what what could we really what what is somebody my age what could we really what kind of advice could I guess I I really need to receive um you know what it's to make it easy and I I, I tell myself that all the time is to just make it easy um we put so much pressure on ourselves there is so much pressure on on our on ourselves as well especially I think yeah at the age of 30 of why don't you have the family and the kids and the house and the, you know, the vacations to sandals and whatever. <laughs> um, and it's like, just, just try to make things easy. Um, we've, we've got so many things going on and that's so interesting. What advice would I give to, um, to somebody who's much older to try to think of like advice I would give to my Nona. Um, it would be, <laughs> it would be like, go to the dentist, go to the doctor, do the things that are, are good for your health. Because really, at least in my, my grandmother's um, scenario, we are really pushing her to do all of those things. Yeah, no, I think my, my dad never was big on, on that stuff either. And so I know some people that can be a bit of a struggle, but um, I know for myself, I've kind of, you know, I think I neglected that a bit more when I was younger. And now it's like, I feel like I don't have that luxury anymore. If I yeah. don't actually take proper care of myself, I'm going to pay for it yeah. <laughs> very quickly. Well, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, so last kind of thing here. Um, is there any particular charity or cause that you'd like to promote or raise awareness of? Yeah, I remember, uh, I love that you asked this question and I just wanted to remind everybody, I guess who, anybody who is sexually active to get yourself tested. There's no shame in any of that. Uh, let's say sexy and healthy. I really appreciate that you gave that answer because I was not expecting it. And, you know, it's it's something that like I do make a point to note for, you know, people that are going to come on the show that I am trying to keep it PG, but that doesn't think so. We try to avoid swearing, but like it doesn't mean that we can't discuss, you know, grown up topics. Yeah. And like it's, you know, as much as it's tricky to talk about certain things that kids might be listening to, but at the same time, there is a way to be mature and, and respectful about it and help educate people. So yeah, I appreciate uh, you bringing that because that's, yeah. that hasn't come up before and, yeah. uh, and I really appreciate it. And I think the audience will too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So with that said, uh, we're going to do our plugs and I will let you go first. Cool. So um, if you want to learn more about me or make lemonade, you can go to make lemonade.ca or join us on Instagram at Make Lemonade Co. 
And I'll have that up on the screen for people to see. And of course, in the show notes. And yeah, you can find Hat Collecting online at hatcollecting.com and at Hat Collecting on social media. You can find me and all the hats that I wear apart from this show at ArtemisCreates.com and uh, also Artemis Creates on social media, although Twitter and Instagram, I've got an underscore everywhere mm-hmm. else I don't, um, which is still kind of annoying, but I can't do anything about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find the music I've done. You can find my my short fiction novel, um, designs, merch. Um, what else have I got? Um, yeah, occasionally I stream on Twitch and play video games and stuff. Um, yeah, there's just all that stuff there. So go and go and take a look. And uh, yeah, if you're listening to this on uh, on like Apple Podcasts or I don't know if Spotify does like ratings and reviews or not, but if you want to leave a rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you're on YouTube or Odyssey, um, like and subscribe. And uh, yeah, for audience participation, I like to ask, um, what was your favorite question or answer or comment or insight from this episode? Um, leave a comment or tweet at me or DM me or whatever you want to do. I just want to know what's resonating with people and what's standing out and and see if it's if it's kind of like me. Because as you see, I, I have moments on the show where I'm like, oh, I learned something there. And <laughs> so I want to hear if other people are having, what, what moments are those for other people? So now, as uh, people will know, I've moved the hat reveal to the Patreon bonus episodes um but we still have a quick little outro to do here okay let me know when the cue is okay <laughs> yes i'm gonna count us down in a moment i'm probably gonna have to take off my headphones for this one i'm um, just realizing it's a little little small but um yeah it's it's you're probably gonna laugh and i and i <laughs> will i will enjoy that so um yeah thank you so much for watching again please do uh like and subscribe check out the patreon check out the social medias and everything um and yeah i my kind of outro line for the show is stay curious and keep collecting those hats thanks for watching everyone uh see you next time and uh three two one